Welcome to the Think Like a CFO podcast, where we dig into not only what it takes to start a business, but to keep your business thriving for years to come using my signature CFO money method framework. I'm your host, Melissa Houston, and I am a CPA and business financial coach. I have over 20 years of experience in business, and it is my passion to share my knowledge of business finance and personal finance with other women. You can also follow me with my column at Forbes.com or my column with Entrepreneur.com. Today, I'm speaking with Jacqueline Malone, who I absolutely adore. In my opinion, this woman exudes joy. I am a huge fan of her podcast, The Go-To Gal, where her sunny disposition and valuable entrepreneurial tips always make me smile. A rare find, Jacqueline is a coach who cares about her clients and wants to see them succeed. Five years ago, Jacqueline was 32, pregnant, and had a two-year-old, and had some big, crazy dreams. She started her business and podcast from her living room in Rochester with a $65 mic and a Zoom account. Today, Jacqueline Malone helps experts around the globe to help them exponentially grow their business by becoming the go-to authority in their space. She is a coach, strategist, keynote speaker, mama, guac lover, and host of the Go-To Gal podcast, a top 60 marketing podcast on iTunes. She has spoken at marketing conferences around the U.S., grown her social media channels to a total of over 50,000 followers, and has been featured in Entrepreneur, Yahoo Finance, Reader's Digest, Parents, Forbes, and dozens of podcasts and radio appearances. Jacqueline, the go-to gal. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I am so good. And I'm so happy to talk with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us your wisdom. Because for those of you who are listening, Jacqueline is a coach of mine, and I have a high, high respect for her. She's such a wealth of knowledge and so much fun to work with. So I want to share her with everyone and give everyone a chance to get to know her better. Oh, well, now I'm officially blushing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, but yes, I'm very excited to be here. So do you want to share with everybody what you offered the world? Sure. So hello, I'm Jacqueline Malone. I'm host of the GoTo Gal podcast, and I help entrepreneurs exponentially grow their business by becoming that go-to authority in their space. And I will say lately, I've especially focused on leveraging the podcasting platform. It's almost like a fast track for entrepreneurs to do that. And that's either through starting a podcast, growing a podcast, or being a guest on podcasts. Now, okay, I just want to take it back a bit to basics, just in case we have a listener out there who's like building your authority. What's that all about? What does that mean? Can you explain a little bit about that? Sure. In order to, to highlight what it means to build authority, I'm going to, I'm going to share what it looks like when you don't have authority. So all of oh, us, good. <laughs> because this that is, sounds fun. This is, this is a painful thing that I think a lot of us can relate to where we have that person in our life that we know, maybe it's a neighbor, a friend, friend of a friend, whatever, but that person who we know, coworker, and they, there's something that we do. And at some point in time, they go and hire someone else to do the thing that we do. And we're like, 
why didn't, why didn't they hire us? Why didn't they come to us? And we think, oh, because it's all about relationship. Like I have the relationship. Why didn't that person come to me for that thing that I'm the expert on? And what happens is, is a lot of times, and this can be in a in a circle like that where you actually know somebody, but it happens all the time online where people don't know us at all, right? Where you need to have that relationship and the connection piece, but without the authority piece, you're not their go-to. We want to have that. I, I say the formula is authority plus relationship. That's what makes you top of mind. That's what makes them willing to pay more. That's what makes you that go-to person for them. So this is an essential piece for getting known, whether it's in a small circle in a local business or whether it is building a global business in the online business world. Either way, you got to get known as that go-to person. Oh, that's a really good way of looking at it. Because I, I never thought about you know saying what it isn't to explain what it is. Right. Which is really, yeah, (laughs) it's a different way of thinking of things. I do have a framework to break down how you build authority because it is this abstract concept. What is it? But I think showing that gap of, oh, it's like when someone knows who you are and they like you and they know what you do, but they don't see you as the person that they're going to (laughs) hire. Right. Or they don't, they don't, they don't want to pay you what you're charging. Like it's that gap of they don't look at you as that authority on the topic or in that area of expertise, which is a really interesting concept to me because just by the nature of what I do, because I'm an accountant, I tend to carry that authority because I'm a CPA. Like throughout my career, I've never been questioned about having the authority because I carry it with the letters on my name. Is that kind of the same concept? Because for somebody who isn't in a profession that has that, you know, governing body over them, it would be difficult to to explain how they are the authority in their zone of genius. Does that make sense? It's a step further than that, though, right? Because this isn't okay. an actual, like this could happen with a realtor that also has a license. And yeah. you could be somewhere and how many accountants are there? Or how many realtors are there? And so who's the one that you're going to call? Who's uh, the one that the you're going to good from the not so good? Yes, but it's not this. Okay. What we get stuck on is that people think that the, and you know this from the inside out, right? So I, this is, this is a cool to highlight and kind of reveal the people who are getting featured in Forbes, the people who are seeing mm-hmm. on TV, the people that are selling the most courses online, spoiler alert, are not necessarily the best at what they do. So just because they are seen as the authority in that scenario or on that topic, it's not like there was this like committee meeting where, where people were evaluating. <laughs> <Nobody's voting. laughs> right? Like recently, I was very honored. GoToGal was featured in, in Forbes as one of the 21 podcasts yes. for 2021, right? I and, was so proud of you. <laughs> and I was so happy and I'm so honored to be part of it. But have no mistake, There was no like, like the person who wrote the article didn't listen to all of the podcasts and rank them. There was no like, like assessment scale. No committee there scoring you either. (laughs) And so we get so caught up of like, I just need to get better, better, better. But if you're always behind the scenes, there it's authority is, is like this trust and this like you being seen as, okay, you're capable, but like, why, why are you the most capable for me? So you're an accountant, but do you understand? Like I've had this actually with accountants. Where I'm like, do you even like know what I do? <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like, do you even yeah. understand my business? And so 
that person who can show that not only do they have the credentials, but that other people recognize them as being an expert in the industry and that they're showing up with that confidence of that they can take care of you and that they're all of their, all of their content or anything that they're saying to you in a conversation is tailored to, to me as an online business owner. That is all going to help me see, okay, I like this person. I get to know them, but oh, like they really understand me and my business. And, and that's what's going to help me position. I'm going to position them as an authority. I'm going to say, oh, this person is, is an authority that I would trust to hire or refer or have on my podcast or feature somewhere, any of those things, right? Yeah, I really love that explanation. It makes it really clear. I'm like, okay, good. Because I'm like, more we talk about this, it is, it's this abstract concept. It's like, what is it? Is, no, it's very abstract. <laughs> and, and I like the way you laid it out because I'm like, oh, authority. I know exactly what she's talking about now. Yes. And just to tie that into like just a little bit of a neater bow, I'll quickly just run through my authority armor framework because yes. I, I want people to understand that this is not just about getting featured in Forbes or any of those like flashy things. Things. There's there's a bunch to this, and as much as it's abstract, I've made it. I've broken it apart in a way and peeled back those layers. Be like, okay, this can be implementable. This can be actionable because it needs to be in order for us to build it. Everyone's like, build authority, build authority. And so, like, what does that mean? So, the authority armor framework is is an acronym because I, I love stuff like that. So, the A stands for having that authority brand, and that's really owning what you're the go to for. You have to own it for people to. To know that that's what you're the go-to for. You need to, you know, stick that stake in the ground and declare like, what are you known for and building out that brand that is, that is really clear on not just what you do, but also who you do it for that going back to that situation with the accountant. Okay. You're an accountant, like, but for who or what kind of an mm-hmm. accountant or what kinds of businesses, the more specific you can be, the more people are going to resonate with that and remember that you're the go-to for that thing. And then okay. you know, the R stands for the right offer in front of the right people. So that's taking that brand and now, okay, let's anchor in your authority with an offer that helps people with that thing. So for me, one of my big authority topics, I'm the go-to gal for podcasting, right? So having offers related to podcasting anchors in my authority on that topic, where I could be a lot of a lot of my clients see me as the go-to for mindset, which I love and I love mindset all day long, but I don't have offers related to just that. And so that's almost like the like the bonus stuff with me, <laughs> but I don't lead with okay. the go-to for mindset, right? Listen, I know we are all complex human beings we have lots of talents. It's really hard to put that stake in the ground and say, this is what I'm the go-to for sometimes. But the more clear you can be, that's what's going to help you grow and really get known as that. Trying to get known as like 10 different things, it just waters down the message. So whatever mm-hmm. it is that you want to be that go-to for, you want to anchor that in with having an offer for it. And then the M is mindset. Here's my mindset. And this is the thing I think most people miss when it comes to building authority is that I can give you all of the strategies in the world. But if you don't believe them, if you don't believe that it's possible for you, if you don't think that you're ready, if you're not going to show up with that certainty of I am the go-to authority on this, it's not going to work. So building authority is just as much about the inner work of owning that you're that authority as it is about the strategies and the action to get out there and get known. I think people skip that way too often. And then the O is other people's platforms. So this is where, this is where Forbes comes in. 
and it could be being on podcasts. It could be the media. It's basically, I like to compare it like it's someone other than you. Or sometimes people have to, you know, with my kids, they have to hear it from someone other than mom to believe that it's like the case. Oh, so true. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and that's, and that's the case with this. It's like, oh, I know you're good, but oh, wow. Like now Forbes thinks you're good. Like, okay. Like this is, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's funny. Sometimes a few years ago, I was mentioned in an article in like Reader's Digest. It was like the whole article was not about me or anything like that, but I was quoted in a couple of paragraphs and it was exciting. And it was one of my first opportunities getting media. And, and I swear I had family members that had no idea what I was doing. And they're like, you're in Reader's Digest. Like all of a sudden it became like this really big deal. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure none of my clients read Reader's Digest, but it was exciting. Right. And it's there's something yeah. about that because the authority of these brands that have been around for decades and decades and have built that up, you're getting you're getting a little piece of that authority when you're getting featured on those platforms. And mm-hmm. you're a guest on a podcast. The host is introducing you as the go-to expert for a topic. And so that audience is learning about you through the lens of you being an authority on the thing that you're talking about. And so those types of opportunities are a really powerful in terms of bringing in a new audience that immediately views you as an authority, but also reestablishing with your existing audience. Oh, wow. Like you're really out there and doing stuff. And then the last R in the authority armor framework is relationships. You know, in this online business world we're in, so much is about automating and systematizing and, and all this stuff. But what it really comes down to from my perspective is relationships and how you're helping people, how you're getting to know people, friendships, and not just in a small circle, but really getting outside of your circle and building real genuine relationships, not just followers or fans or Facebook friends. I'm doing air quotes, but real relationships. Mm -hmm. And I find that that can really help you, one, authority without relationship. I used it the opposite way before, right? So it's authority plus relationship equals top of mind. When someone goes to join a course or hire a coach or whatever it is, hire a service provider, they're not just looking, they're not looking for the top expert in that field, right? Like who is the absolute best? They're looking for the person who is an expert, is an authority, but who they also have that relationship with. And so that's where it works both ways that it's not just about building that brand, but it's also about building that relationship. Relationships are so important yet so underrated. Yeah, that was a really good framework to walk us through. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you. You know, one thing I want to just say that I I guess just to put in perspective, because with authority, this is not okay, I'm going to, I'm going to build my authority and then I'm going to go do that for a couple months and then it's going to be built and then I'm done. This is not a linear process and there really is no end, which can feel like, wait, what? I'm going to be doing this forever. But it is, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's something we're always working on to continue to grow. And it's think of it as the snowball effect, which also means that you don't have to wait until you're a New York Times bestselling author to be able to tap in on some of these benefits of positioning yourself as an authority. You can claim that now and start benefiting from it now. And, and you have all this way to grow too. So I discourage people from thinking of it as this, like, it's this final destination. And, and there's no end. That's why I, I have a podcast about this whole topic of becoming the go-to gal. 
gal. And we have new things to talk about every single week for, for years now, right? Because it is something we're always continuing to do. You bring up a really good point. Like there would be benefits to establishing yourself with authority. So what kind of benefits would come along with that? One of the biggest things that I see come, come up is, is pricing. And, and this is from a bunch of different perspectives, right? Because sometimes there's people that they have the authority to be charging more, but they're not, right? So that's mindset. Yeah. And I, I have to say, like, I love this topic of pricing. So oh, do continue. And I, and this is so, this is so close, so much. Oh, on all sides of it. Oh, and the other thing is when you build authority, people are willing to pay you more because they, there's, they have more trust in you that you're going to be able to help them get that result. That authority really does help build the trust. Now, a quick mm-hmm. story because I think it's easy to be like, Oh, don't undercharge. But I, I have been there many times, but there's one time where it's probably the most painful. And this was about, oh, maybe a year into my business. It depends if we start, do we count business starting? It's like, like I'm going to build a business. I have an Instagram or like the first day I made money. (laughs) You know? I think it's when you when when you hit the mindset that you're actually going to start a business because I think we know that it takes a right. couple of months at least to start generating some revenue. But you still you're still learning things along yeah. the way. So okay, so I started my business and I started my Instagram account in June of twenty fifteen and I'm like, this is happening. And and then that fall I launched my first podcast and my first paid program, and that was a membership that I was charging twenty nine dollars a month for. And I had done a lot of things to to build this membership and build my authority. And one of those things was partnering with someone else in my industry. We had a very similar audience and built a friendship up. And she was selling a $3,000 group coaching program that was a six-month program. And she was like, you know what? Maybe we could have your membership be a bonus for the people who are joining this group coaching program of mine. Like That would be great. And so we worked out like she was going to pay me a little bit less than the $29 a month, but she was going to buy all of the people who joined memberships. And this is great. And so and I put her in the membership too for those six months. And so this was maybe in like April of 2016. So not quite a year in business. And maybe it's about six months into the membership. And after a couple months, and this it went great. The you know, the women joined and everything. And and after a few months I, I reconnected with with my friend who I was partnering with. And she was like, I'm getting great feedback. Everyone loves the bonus, but we're not going to be able to include it again in the future. And I was like, really taken back by this. I'm like, really? Why? Like, is everything okay? Are you sure? Like, are people happy? She's honestly, it's not all that different than my group coaching program. (laughs) I was like, wait, (laughs) like, wait a second. Like you're charging $3,000 for six months for your group coaching program. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> so now, I'm like, what are you telling me? I am charging $29 a month for this membership. And you're telling me that it's basically the same as your group coaching program. And this was a lot for me to take in. And I was also very pregnant at this point. And I had a three-year-old and it's like, I don't even know what to think about this. There's no way I could charge $3,000 for this. And I just was like, mind blown. But I started looking into that. And what I realized is a couple of things. One is I was totally out of whack with the value of what I was delivering. It took someone from the outside to be like, this is totally like my $3,000 group coaching program. But I also realized, and I think this is a common mistake in our industry, but just it's a very specific tip, but I feel like like PSA, I need to share this, is if you have a membership and there's 
under 50 people, honestly, if there's under a hundred people, it's basically, it's a group coaching program. So if you're charging it like a membership, you're basically getting underpaid for group coaching. And so <laughs> that is a, it was a lesson that I learned the hard way. And it was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Because it is this small intimate group and there's not a big difference between a membership and group coaching when the numbers are smaller like that, because it is so intimate. So yes, I've done a lot of work over the years in working on my money mindset and pricing and not undercharging and all of that. And I think it's something that we always are going to have to work on as individuals, but getting that getting that outside perspective and really focusing when it comes to pricing, not on not on your time, not on anything else other than what is the value of what this this product or service or program is delivering because that's what's going to put it into perspective of what the value is for the person who's going to join and then you can, you know, charge accordingly. Do you think that a lot of women struggle with the money mindset issues? Is, has that been your experience? Yes. <laughs> Yes, across and, the and board, the, I have seen this. And I don't, I, I don't work with men one on one. So I don't know if this is an issue for men too. But with women, 100%, I see this. I see it a lot too. And, and there's this hesitation around charging what you're worth. Or there's this also this, this idea that, well, if so, I'll charge less and I'll still be making more money than I would have because so many more people will join my program and everybody will be happy because they got me for a bargain. Which is not, that's not how people think because Mm -hmm. they want to feel confident that you're going to help them. And if you're not confident in that, then they're probably not going to feel confident enough to pay for that program. Right. And I think that, so there's a lot of mm-hmm. messaging of charge what you're worth, but what does that even mean? Right. So I think when we take it away from it being so closely tied to us and our worth and we make it about what is, what is this program worth? What is the value of, of getting this information? What is the value of getting this service? What is the value of getting this product? When, what is the impact that that's going to have on them? And we make it about the value. We detach ourselves a bit from it. So one, it doesn't feel so personal. It's hard enough with a personal brand. Everything is personal. And, and it, and that emotion that comes with everything being so personal clouds our ability to really make those, de- to make those decisions well. So, I say focus on on that value, which can still be hard to do, but that's a good first step in figuring out, okay, what is a good a good th- price to charge for this thing? Yes, that's really good advice. I have a friend who when I first met her, she was significantly undercharging for her services and like the going rate I think was oh probably 200 an hour and she was charging like $80. I was shocked. I had to, I had to have a talk with her about that. And it was definitely a money mindset issue where she was like, well, I don't feel right about it. People can't afford me, blah, 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 blah. You know, once she stepped into what she was actually worth, it changed things exponentially for her business. Yes. And you touch on such a great point there of people can't afford me. And a lot of times if we're undercharging, the people who are buying are people who can't afford to pay more than what we're charging. And so it creates this 
this experience where we're like, oh, we can't charge more because these people aren't willing to pay that. You know what? They probably won't pay more. Like they might not be able to. Yeah. But are they who you should be marketing to? And so if, uh, exactly. right, if all of your marketing and positioning is towards that market, that's who you're going to attract. And sometimes we feel really called to help a certain group. But what I found is if that group cannot afford to really pay what the value is for this product or service, uh, we're better off going and marketing that thing to people who are really going to benefit from it and are willing to pay that value. And then once we're making the money from it, we can just be generous and and give scholarships or donate or help the, that other group that we're really feeling the heartstrings for in a way that we can really help them without trying to make money from that group. I think that's, it's easy to get cloud yeah. of judgment there too. That is such an excellent example too. Cause like, I'm, I'm always like, you know, you should never feel bad about having a lot of money, but having a lot of money allows you to do such great things for others. And as women, we tend to want to take care of people. It's very natural for us to say, well, I don't want to charge so much because of this group and I want to help them and stuff like that. But you bring up an excellent point, bring in the money and help others in different ways. You don't have to just discount your services in order to serve people. Exactly. Money can be such a force of good and having that relationship yes. with money and starting to have that perspective of money of, oh, if I make money, I can help more people. As someone who I am not money motivated, and this is not a like a morality stance that I take. It's literally like a like a cognitive dissonance in my brain <laughs> that I'm just not motivated by money. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I did not notice this myself. I had a, a boss in the past point this out to me and, and he's like, you're really not motivated by money, are you? It's interesting that you say that uh, because I've had commission jobs quite a bit throughout my career. And, and when I started looking at it, I realized I'm like, yeah, no, I really, I like money. I want to make a lot of money, but. I like there's some disconnect where I'm it the money does not actually motivate me. So I had to start digging into like what does motivate me, right? And and that's that's big because when you're focused on those things that do and if you are mon- money motivated like own that. This is that's why I say it. this is not a morality stance, but a lot of times people assume that we should all be money motivated and that doesn't mean that we are. Well, I have to ask the question for myself and for for listeners. You can't leave us on the hook like this. What does motivate you if it's not money? So, what motivate? So, a couple of things. One, what I what I realized then was that I, back then I would say helping people or connection would would motivate me. Okay. And what I'm realizing now is I've been. I'm all about personal development and just learning about myself and figuring that out more. And I, for the longest time, thought that I was an Enneagram 3. And about a year ago, I discovered that I'm really an Enneagram 7 who's been acting like a 3. And so what motivates me is, according to Enneagram, which is very true, is fun. I want I want to have fun. And like, as soon as I re- like realized that, I was like, oh, yeah, like that's why... I do things and I maybe achieve certain things, but that doesn't really have that same feeling as like, just like doing something that's a lot of fun. And I get a lot of joy from that. And so making sure that I'm building a business that is fun for me and that I'm creating experiences and the work that I do that are fun, that allows me to show up as my full self and enjoy it. And then 
everything else is just easier, right? The money follows that. Yeah. And that certainly is like the number one factor. The The number one reason I'm so attracted to you is because it is fun. I love how much uh, See, and, this, and that's what it is. And it's not going to be this for everyone, but what, whatever, people can feel that energy you're bringing to it. Yeah. If I'm absolutely. having fun, people want to come along for the ride. And whether it's listening to go to gal or joining a program or just like DMing me on Instagram, whatever it is, they can feel that energy. And for everyone, it's not going to be fun. But finding that thing that does light you up and you bring that for someone else, it could be like a really deep, soulful conversation that people are drawn to, right? Like I like to give that. It's not like you don't have to be like me for this to work. You just have to really own what it is about you. And that draws people in. Exactly. So you've got your fun and you've got your authority. You've definitely proven yourself to be an authority. So If there's one thing that you want listeners to take away from this conversation today, what would be the top tip that you'd want to leave with them? Oh, I I love that you end with this because we can, we can go in in circles with all these conversations, but like, what is that? And I think the, the biggest thing I want whoever's listening right now to take away is that you can start building your authority right now, wherever you are in your business. And you might be really far along and frustrated. Like, how do people not notice that I'm an authority? (laughs) Right? Like I've, I've, this big business, but maybe whatever it is, like people aren't seeing it. And you might, that might be frustrating for you that you're seeing you know, people that maybe haven't achieved what you've achieved getting recognition and and you're ready for that. Or maybe you're just starting out and you're like, oh, I thought I had to wait until I had X number of followers or made this much money in my business until I could do this. And the biggest thing I want everyone to take away is that no one's coming out there and putting that that crown of that you're the go-to authority on for you. You need to claim that title for yourself. And wherever you are, you can and should claim that that does not mean you can't ever change that title. I know there's a lot of resistance to this. It's like, ah, whatever I decide I'm going to be the go-to on, it's like the only thing. And that's certainly not the case. But the quicker you own that, the quicker you're going to reap the benefits of of doing that. So I would say that and then just one step at a time. It doesn't, it's, this isn't going to happen overnight, but start taking those action steps now that are going to help you. I love that. Grab your crown and put it on. Yes. Yes. So if listeners want to grab your attention, get a hold of you, whatever, what is the best way to reach you? Okay. We'll do a couple of things here. First, definitely come subscribe and hang out with me over on the Go To Gal podcast. And then if you're curious about this whole authority conversation and you're like, okay, I I got my marching orders. I'm going to go do this. And you want help with what actually to do to build your authority. I put together a free guide. It's a 30 days of authority building action plan. And for 30 days, I give you something to do every single day. And we work through all five of those components of the authority armor framework to start building that momentum that comes with building your authority. So that'll make it really easy to implement. And you can grab that at JacquelineMalone.com forward slash plan. And for all the listeners, if you didn't catch that, if you're driving or whatever, we are going to leave all the links in the show notes. So just go to the show notes and you can get the links to Jacqueline's coordinates. So thank you so much for coming on this show today. We've had a great talk about armor, authority, undercharging, pricing, mindset. It's been fantastic. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. And yes, I feel like everyone needs to be doing this. So thank you for allowing me to share this message. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Think Like a CFO podcast with Melissa Houston, CPA. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. Until next time, I'm Melissa Houston. And remember, nobody will ever care about your business as much as you do. So never give your financial power away.